0: Hi, it's Michael Kerr here, presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital. Advisors to Business Owners. Each week, I interview a fellow small business owner or an expert, and they share their stories, their lived experiences, the wins and the losses, and their best advice to help you, the listener, get the most you can from your own business. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM, and he's heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And thanks also to Kerr Capital, supporters of the show. Welcome into another edition of Small Business Banter, Community Radio and Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, an American scheme, Small Business Administration over there guarantees loans to buy Small businesses, and and the and my guest today is Deb Curtis. Morning, Deb. Oh, sorry. afternoon for you.
1: That's right. Good morning and good afternoon.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Great to have you in, Deb's Deb's um, a long time um, financier and an expert in helping business owners to secure funding for purchase of a business. And I reached out to Deb a couple of months ago, fascinated by the idea that. There is um, finance available to, f- to buy small businesses and even more fascinated by the fact that the government, the US government through its uh, small, business administ- uh, small business agency um, is a big part of that by guaranteeing the loan. So anyway, Deb, um, that's just set up what we're going to be talking about. I'm deeply fascinated how it works and, and, and what we could draw out of that and possibly do here in Australia. So mm-hmm. great to have you in. thank you for coming in.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Would you Would you please um, just give us some of your background? Um, so, w- just before we get in, into the nitty gritty of of how this uh, scheme works.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, the last twenty years, I, I'll just I won't go all the way back, or I'll have you on the show all, all afternoon. I'm just going to go back twenty years. How about that? <laughs> That's good, Um,
0: and include your musical career as well, if you like. Yeah, (laughs) and
1: that was 20 years ago. Yes, I did sing in a cover band. Um, You have to have a little bit of edge on stage, and you have to have an edge when you are business lending, so (laughs) it works. But I've always um, worked in the bank environment my whole entire career, and um, 20 years prior – Well. Prior to the last 20 years, it was in retail banking. And then over the last 20 years, I moved over to business banking. So the beauty of that is we all know institutions range in size. You've got the big banks, the Wells Fargo's, and then you've got the regional banks in your market area. And you also have community banks. You have credit unions. Now there's non-bank lenders out there that do business lending. So, I've been at the big bank, the regional, the community, a non-bank. Haven't been to a credit union yet, so maybe I'll add that to my career one day. But the the moral to what I'm trying to express here is every single bank as we know or non-bank or credit union has their own credit box. So, um think of it this way, as we all know, if you you call several banks, you're going to get a different answer if, if you can get a loan or not. And so I've seen it all. I've seen the different um, uh, structures of how do you submit a business loan? Uh, is it is it going funneled to a huge lending um, floor downtown California somewhere in LA and, and they'd know nothing about the Midwest in the country, but they're underwriting. Ticking boxes. Yeah, right. Um, So I experienced that and trying to get through the layers of the onion of help as I needed, but they were a great experience. And then I moved to a regional bank, which was similar, but smaller in size. And then the community bank where you write up your 24, 25 credit memo of your business credit request and Present it in the boardroom in front of a big group of of decision makers. So um, that's been my history so, the last twenty years. In the last ten of it, SBA, which is a Small Business Administration, offers the government guarantee on any business loans that have a shortfall of collateral. Now, if the cash flow is there, that's the fit for for the government guarantee. Mm-hmm. SBA is not a a a collateral lender. SBA backs up, you know, the the bank or the non bank that's doing the unsecured loan. And business acquisitions, as we all know, carry intangible assets, the inventory, the goodwill, the blue sky. So through the years, I learned all these banks I worked at would decline loans because the collateral wasn't there. And where did it go? It would end up going to to SBA, an SBA lender, either in-house or sometimes some of the banks had to refer it out to someone else that was a preferred lender to do the deal. So that's been my background. And I love SBA because it helps business owners today sell and retire and a qualified buyer can can move into the business and owner operate it, and and not worry about having to have full collateral because the SBA guarantees up to seventy five or eighty five percent, depending upon the loan size.
0: Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you've been deeply invested, and in, in you, from I think your mission statement is something along along the lines of helping hardworking employees exit corporate America to mm-hmm. purchase. Finance a profitable small business, so where they can you know pull out a salary. So so I can just go back just so the SBA is a government agency. it it doesn't actually lend the money. it just it stands behind uh, the banks that you talked about. so if i'm I'm working for a an organization, I want to buy a, a business. Mm-hmm. you go to you go to your bank and the bank will say, you know, we can give you so much if you want to purchase the whole, you know, if you want finance for the whole purchase price, we're going to need the SBA to, to you know, to guarantee us. Um, so, is that how it works? So, the SBA doesn't give you the money, it guarantees the bank that gives the borrower the money.
1: Correct, Mike, you got that yeah, correct. Okay. There's a myth out there, people think the SBA is actually the lender when they're not. So imagine this, if if you're the the borrower, um, you're going to your bank to ask for a business acquisition loan. There's the SBA credit policy that the bank has to follow, but then the bank has their own credit policy. So there's two credit policies. And as we were mentioning earlier, depending upon what bank you go to, the big, the small, the community, really depends upon what their credit box is. So it makes it that much confusing, but it's still a good program because, as you mentioned, the SBA offers the guarantee to offset the risk to the bank or the non-bank lender.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, here here in Australia now, it's it's really challenging to to fund a business purchase, mm-hmm. it, if 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 it's a a medium or large business, sure that's um, that's feasible. But when when we're talking about um, smaller businesses, you know, where there's one or two owners, it, you know, it's incredibly challenging. So that's why I'm deeply fascinated with this and, and what lies behind the SBA and the government, you know, wanting to do this. So um, we just we did talk briefly about one of the issues. I suspect is pretty pretty front of mind, and that is that there's a lot of businesses um, owned by baby boomers who are over the next, you know, this is this gets a lot of press, and, and I don't know the exact numbers, but there's a truckload of businesses that are owned by owners who are at a stage where, if not in the next few years, in the next five, ten, are going to need to, or ideally need to... Um, transition out of their business and they're going to need someone to buy it so what we face is this you know there's a couple two two parts of the the problem that i see one is i'm not sure who's going to buy them because corporate life you know has been you know pretty pretty good so you know t- get getting out and taking a risk on a business isn't it, it isn't for everybody but um but certainly when you when you you know you're Got to finance it somehow, and it's and that's a challenge um, here. If you have, if you at least up until recently <laughs> in the last few years, if you had a house and you had equity, you could you know you could you could potentially buy mm-hmm. uh, buy a business and 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 you know, fund it by securing your house. Um, so is that is that one of the drivers? You you think that 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 your government sees a lot of businesses owned by baby boomers. Um, with an uncertain future if they don't get involved and guarantee, and we'll talk about how, you know, the nature of the guarantee, but if they don't get involved that these businesses won't have an exit? And is that part of their thinking?
1: Well, yes, and then part of the thinking is at least – in, in our country, there are many business owners out there that don't reflect the cash flow on their tax returns. So they're, they, we just can't finance it for the buyer because remember, SBA is all about cash flow. You know, we're, we're comfortable as a bank lender to, to give the proceeds to a cash flowing business, right? That That's the key. Yeah. Um, there, if you looked at our listings in the U S there are some good ones, but there are plenty of them out there that just sit. And I think the seller's hoping a cash buyer is going to come along because, um, a buyer that needs financing it's, they're not going to be approved by a lender. Um, so really I believe the government puts this in place because these are intangible assets that we're financing. And typically buyers, their age, you know, could be 30s, 40s, and they should have equity in their home. Just like, you know, in your country, the, the lender will want to take a lien on the home. Well, well, we have to per SBA credit policy. So if a buyer will do financing with me, to buy a business through the SBA with the SBA guarantee, and he has equity in his home or any other real estate that he owns, we must take a subordinate lien. Um, so, I believe that I believe the government recognizes the big baby boomer push, like you mentioned, Mike. It's evident yep. here, and it's only going to be exponentially more. Um, so, this program is only going to ramp up uh, faster. And I believe, it, you know, if we do, so I think we're at the top of, of the hill before this recession hits, um, everyone's still spending, at least in our country, but it's, it's going to choke real soon. And that's when SBA is going to step in. And any lenders out there that have a looser credit policy, they're going to get really busy with the SBA guarantee for these transactions.
0: Right. Okay. So um d- just to put a to paint a picture of a of a typical transaction mm-hmm. um it it might be a, a business that's um uh, are we talking about businesses that might make um a f- you know a few hundred thousand dollars maybe a million dollars a year is that a, is that the kind of business that we're talking about so it's it's kind of proven yes um and then, um, yeah, so someone in their 30s or 40s comes in and says, I want to buy this sign business or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're, they're the kind of businesses we're talking about that, you know, probably employ anywhere from, a, you know, a handful of people to 20, 30, 40 people. Correct. Yeah. So very much, you know, Main Street businesses. That's Main say, Street that's it say, is. So
1: that's right, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And you're Um, spot on with the, with the revenue stream as well. Um, And and that's what the government wants to help out the small business owners. And it's meant for owner operators that are there hands-on the SBA is not for an investor that just wants to buy a bunch of businesses and, you know, in the Midwest and then go live on the West coast and, and just, Hope they work. No, the underwriter yeah. will sniff that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the owner-operators is the key. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. And on, on today's edition of Small Business Banter Community Radio and Podcast, talking with Deb Curtis from Wisconsin um, about lending for business purchases in the U.S. Um, yeah, so this is, this, is, this is why I was so keen to talk to you because, it, it, you know, owner-operated businesses in, a, in Australia – um, we have this inverted triangle and we have a handful of very large companies, uh, a couple of handfuls of medium and then we just, you know, we have um, something like 2.4 businesses with less than, 2.4 million businesses less than um, 20 employees, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right down to those with no employees and and this is where, you um, you know, the challenge is for, for, the, for the owners of those businesses to, you know, to transition them when they're ready to retire and we, we want to see that happen. Um, finance is is incredibly difficult, but they all, a lot of them are owner-operated, so that's the thing. Um, so, obviously, the, you, you talked a, a fair bit about um, credit policy. I don't want, you know, that's can be kind of dry, but I think it's worth... Um, if we can just, can you describe for us um, the process that a an application would go through um, to get approved? Because some, I'm assuming someone sees the business for sale on a maybe their accountant says you should look at this business, or it's listed somewhere for sale, mm-hmm. and you get, you know, you, if you inquire, you get a certain level of information. But what what is what is in the, like the high level steps that the borrower who wants to buy the business goes through from seeing the listing for a business.
1: Yes, so I will give you an answer, Mike, that I give to any interested buyer that calls me because I've learned to cut to the chase and um, not do a dance until we know the facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and let let's let's be honest. We we love business brokers, but the, you know they're on a mission to sell a business and and we need to understand first and foremost, does the buyer qualify? And, and that's my job as the lender, you know, just real quick, we, we want to see good credit. We, we, we got to see timely payments. And then we, we, um, would like to see that the buyer has some kind of management experience, right? Because any yep. business that they're going to acquire there, they are going to manage employees and they are going to manage customers and vendors and, yep. So we want to see that. Um, We prefer industry experience, but we we can get creative. Uh, For instance, you know, if somebody wants to buy uh, an HVAC company, heating and air conditioning, and uh, perhaps the buyer does not have the hands-on technician work, where people get confused, they think they need to have that hands-on work for that particular business, not necessarily. It might be more important to manage all the technicians, and if we have a solid uh, buyer that's got marketing, sales, you know, collecting, AR, all that behind-the-scenes stuff, and understanding financials is you know probably more important to an underwriter. But then you can go to a different industry that's being acquired that's maybe. Commercial electrical companies, well, you got to have a master's license in in the U.S. here in order to be the owner. So it's case by case, right? Um, Then we move, just we look at the personal financial statement. We want to make sure that there's enough cash liquidity for at least the minimum cash down, which is 10%. Yep. And then we always look for the post-closing liquidity, making sure we're not stripping the buyer's savings. We want to make sure they've got at least three to six months personal savings. And if, if that's all in check, I feel like I have a qualified buyer, right? And then we look at the business listing um, and where we have to be cognizant as a lender and as a buyer is to actually see the official Tax return statements, not the broker recast of P and L statements. We want to see what was reported to the IRS, because yep. if we don't, there's always conflicting numbers, and we just got to cut to the chase. And if the cash flow is there, we've got a deal, right? The cash oh. flow is there.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you're validating. You're going right back to the source. Your IRS. IRS is our ATO, Australian Tax Office. And yeah. so you're you're saying if someone's reported this to the ATO or the IRS, it's pretty legit. Mm-hmm. And um, if someone's trying to tell you that there's a, all this other stuff that's not not on there, yes, you're not going to be able to finance that.
1: That's correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have a I just yesterday I saw a deal. It was a wonderful transaction until the owner took distributions even after his salary and just pulled out cash out of the business personal just for himself. I can't add that back, believe it or not, to the cash flow cuz he yep. he's not being taxed on it uh, on the on the personal mm. side. He just pulled the cash. And my credit manager and any credit manager will say you can't have your cake and eat it twice. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, had it tax-free once. Yes, hmm.
1: exactly. And, it, and it's sad because the, the business would cash flow for the buyer. So business owners need to be very cognizant before they make decisions. And quite frankly, there, there can be CPAs out there that are just order takers. And whatever the business owner tells the CPA to do, they'll do. But then yeah. there's the great CPAs that will, you know, mentor and say, you, you might want to think about that because it will impact you if you're going to abruptly be sick and have to sell your business or you want to sell your business, right? So think ahead.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if you've got a good business and 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 all those, um, you know, if you're going to sell it, I, <clears throat> I know, you know, from other um, colleagues I have in the U.S., the valuation methodology for businesses in the U.S. isn't that much different to it. It's a multiple of earnings, mm-hmm. and if you know, if you sell your if you've got a good business and you can sell it, and you get two or three or four or five times what the profits are, then um, you know, banking, you know, coming up to to getting ready to sell, banking that cash, you'll you'll get it, you know, you, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. You might get a multiple of three or four or five times the profit on that cash. So it's not like, you know, you're going to totally miss out. But anyway, that's, um, you know, as you say, there's, um, you know, it, it's a lack of planning and maybe a little bit of a lack of foresight, uh, um, you know, when the when you know, I know accountants, I'm working with businesses here at the moment and their mm-hmm. accountants are encouraging them to prepare, you know, by showing the, the business in its, you know, in its best light.
1: Right. <clears throat> yes. Yes.
0: Um, so yeah, so then um, you so you establish whether someone's a, a good buyer by looking at their personal credit history their industry experience their management experience, which is a good which is a really great way I mean coming out of corporate life, one of the things you can bring to a small business is that manage you know you get terrific management experience and so it's kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, often overlooked but but then um what what's the next step you, you, so you've you have a, you've said xyz person yeah. is is a good credit you know um what 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 happens next
1: sure well then at that point um either i can provide the buyer a prequal letter uh just telling the business brokers i have a legitimate um, you know a personal cash liquidity buyer I don't get into the details because that's confidential but a letter to um, I provide that to the buyers so the brokers know okay you know Deb says that this buyer is legit okay well if I'm going to tell you the buyer is legit and now we're starting to talk about one of your businesses sure share with me the the broker summary but please provide, you know, the tax returns, then that's good. Then I can give a full boat pre-qualification. And our goal is if we're going to give a, a pre-qual letter, similar to when you buy a house and you're going to finance it, we want that pre-qual letter to be as close to final credit approval because then we collect, Mike, the whole SBA application package. Um, most importantly, the the buyer is going to have to put up a business plan together, projections and we collect everything, and I submit it to the underwriter um, who is in-house in, in my um, corporate headquarters. We're a direct lender, so we have our license uh, from the SBA to approve these transactions with their guarantee in-house. Um, so there are hard SOP credit policies that we must abide by. Um, goes through underwriting.
0: SOP is... SOPs?
1: Standard Operating Procedures.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And it can change quite frequently, Mike, because it's the government. I mean, the government changes their (laughs) (laughs) minds, right? Um, Administrations can change things too. Every four years is um, always an interesting ride to see what's going to change, right? So anyhow and we assign it to the underwriter. It's about a, about a 10 day turn time to final credit approval. And then, um, we provide a list of all the items to clear. You got to get your business insurance, the business valued, you know, a third party business valuation company. It's real similar to buying a house. Uh, you just clear these conditions once they're cleared, then we close. So, um, my, my pre-approval, I can have that done within 24 to 48 hours, and then I collect the full package, sign it to the underwriter, final credit approval within 10 business days, and then we're usually closing within 30 to 45 days thereafter. So typically about 60 days all in from start to finish.
0: Okay. <laughs> so in, in these scenarios, um, if a business is going to cost a million dollars, it it's, is it typical that the the purchaser of the business is borrowing, you know, 80, 90% of the purchase price. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. So yes, 10% down is what we're looking for. And we also provide to the buyer three months worth of working capital in the loan itself to cover short-term operating expenses out of the transition gates, right? We've got rent expense you know, payroll. And I explain that to my buyers up front because everyone is fearful. They don't have enough money for these transactions when uh, we need to be a prudent lender and make sure we're providing that working capital. And guess what? The SBA allows it because it's, setting them up for success. And we also give the business buyer a revolving line of credit, which is through the SBA as well. It's an express line of credit that's revolving and with them, as long as the SBA loan is open with us. Um, Mm. And as you were mentioning earlier, the salary, I mean, the the buyer is going to have a salary right out of the gates, right?
0: Um, yeah, the way your your assessment of the business is, you know, is going to be based on cash flow. But yes, the the, the surplus cash flow after the owner operator of the business draws a commercial salary. Yes, and presumably then what you see, what you estimate as being left, is there to to start to repay the debt mm-hmm. that is, you know,
1: yeah,
0: been um, uh, taken out to buy the business in the first place. But yeah, so it's a, very much a um, buying a job, but you're buying a business with a secure yeah. owner operator salary.
1: I would much rather acquire a money making business than start one up any day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah. it, it,
1: they're beautiful businesses, and I'm, I'm sure you have them too. They're they're solid. Um, you know the old saying, if it's if it's not broke, why fix it? Because sometimes these buyers will. Do their business plan, and they tell me they're going to grow the business twenty percent in the first year when it's already working. I'm like, slow down. We don't want to shock the underwriter. Yeah. You know, just just keep it keep it smooth. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, look, I I couldn't agree more. On um, you know, there there are there's a there's a a ton of businesses, and um, lots of them are solid businesses, as you say. Mm-hmm. That the owner is. Um, and, and and most of them, if you if you really dug a little bit deeper, there's there are many ways to make it go faster in different directions. But fundamentally, they're, you know, a lot of them are really solid. And um, the 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 um, what from there though, often owners don't do a particularly good job. Don't invest in in, in preparing the business properly, so they can explain to a buyer properly how it works so we we you know they the owner fails often there to you know to maximize their chances um but yeah but then even if there are good solid businesses like that um we you know we do face a problem uh, or a challenge here to to help um owners um find uh, sorry new owners to finance the purchase of that and if they, if they own a house and they've got you know they can borrow against the house you know potentially but um, you know, then they go. Well, it's, it's very um, it's very risky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I suppose in your process of evaluating the buy, you'd rule those people out because um, there is risk in business. Um, don't buy business if you if you're not um, prepared to take on a little bit of risk, sensible risk. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah so look it's um yeah so we, we kind of we you know I think we fall over and there are all these good businesses and um you know I I fear for for you know what the outcome is going to be for a lot of owners um when when these businesses businesses don't sell um and also as as you spread out more into um well into regional areas that if if those businesses don't get acquired the you know the commercial infrastructure of the of that location, you know, just continues to crumble because mm-hmm. you know the local petrol station doesn't get uh, purchased, so you got to drive, you know, another hundred k's to get right. petrol, or right. if the pub closes or the you know the hardware store closes, you know, so it's um I can see why you know the 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 beauty of this program to stand behind you know good solid small businesses and good. Uh, good owner-operators. So, yeah, I'm really, you know, again, very intrigued. Um,
1: Yes. I was going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt, um, but the SBA does a good job of tracking all the industries and and by code and, you know, who are, what industries are more risky, and we're able to look at that. Even franchisors, we have a list of all franchisors, who's on the bubble, you know, so I'm sure you're aware of that, but it's good to watch and pay attention before you pull a deal in and understand what's happening in that industry.
0: Yeah. 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 You got it. Yeah. You don't want to be in the wrong. Well, you know, the government doesn't want to, you know, insure uh, or, yes. or, or stand behind, you know, really terribly um, risky industries firstly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, once the loans in place I uh, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago you know just um, offline and you talked about the the level of um, uh, compliance but once the loans in place you you there's a process for kind of working regularly with the borrower who's now the new owner of a business to see how they're tracking is that part of the you know the the obligations of of the SBA, uh, facility that, you know, as well as the bank mm-hmm. to, you know, to regularly meet and review how the, the business is performing and how the debt's looking.
1: Right. Um, so two things, um, the SBA audits the lenders and they come usually on an annual basis. Um, and they will pull random files to make sure that we are following all of the SOP. Remember the, standard operating procedure, the credit policy rules of the government. Um, and and that is where there is no wiggle. Uh, and a lot of business brokers would like us to make some wiggle, but we can't because if, if we miss one document and it's not in that file, we don't have a guarantee. So now we carry all the risk. So... I like that, um, the fact that we're audited because it keeps our license, it keeps us lending and um, it's prudent for the buyer as well that we're doing due diligence all the way um, to make sure our guarantee is there. Now, as far as uh, once the loan is funded, we, we service it and all that we will ask for as far as any kind of financial covenants is simply the annual business tax returns from the business, uh, once a year, just to make sure they're filing. We, we don't look at the performance. Um, of course, if they're falling behind on a payment, we may ask a little more questions, but if the business is paying as agreed, we, we don't look at anything. And, um, that's another reason why the SBA is is good for like seasonal businesses. You know, in the Midwest, we've got winter, and you know, uh, landscaping companies just shut down, and and their P and Ls look like just yeah. trash, yeah. right? Yeah. If it's a conventional loan, there's risks with the bank that they might freeze their line of credit because they don't have enough income. Well, SBA, we're not looking at those. It's just just the annual tax returns handed in. And believe it or not, many of the small business owners would, would rather have an SBA loan because it's less tracking. There's no balloon payments. It's 10 year fully amortized, no prepayment penalty. They always say the bank leaves us alone when there is an SBA guarantee.
0: Right. Um, So, when I. Okay. Yeah. So, and and the loans are up. Yeah. So you got 10 years Mm -hmm. potentially to to repay the purchase of your business.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And often, Mike, uh, I'll coach a buyer um, to see if they can refinance the note if they wish at the two or three year mark, when they've got enough financials proven uh, and go conventionally if they want, because the interest rate on our SBA loans for the majority of the lenders is floating. It's a, it's a prime plus a spread. And uh, of course you probably hear we're in a rate environment that's increasing, Uh, but you know, I tell my buyers these businesses that are being acquired today have been around for twenty years. They survived oh eight oh nine. They survived. The, my daddy always taught me the market goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. You just ride it and and survive yeah. it. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and so you you know you're going to you in know, one way or another. It, it's really about the premium you're paying mm-hmm. over and above. Um, uh, you know, I mean, if you can't if you can't finance. The business, Mm -hmm. you know, you you see with the uh, rise here of of lots of um, short term uh, lenders um, that are you know offering you know expensive debt to businesses for short term purposes, and and lots of businesses are happy to pay that because there are no alternatives, Mm -hmm. and they're backing themselves. That, and I'm not saying I'm not encouraging it, but you know, when you're, when you've got a solid business with growth prospects and you're, and you're backing yourself, you're often happy to take expensive debt for a reasonable period of time just to make things happen. And, you know, and the business grows and, you know, they can maybe, as you say, go on and, and refinance more traditionally at a lower rate, but,
1: right.
0: you know, you got to get started and, um, you don't it want to be anybody to be reckless, but, mm-hmm. um, you got to get started.
1: You do got to get started. And th- and that's, The whole point of me telling them after two years of proven financials in your name as the new owner, when I worked at that little community bank, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't do SBA, but we would swing on business acquisition deals if the cash flow was solid and the buyer was solid. Um, So, yeah, just I mean, there were banks that did it. Um, but for the most part, if they know the government will guarantee it, well, guess what? That's where they're gonna go.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, can you talk just a little bit about some of the um the kinds of people that you help? I mean, it must be really fulfilling for you as a you know, in, in what you do to see mm-hmm. someone leave a role and 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 buy their buy a business.
1: Yeah, it's very fulfilling. Um Uh, I see a lot of corporate America. Um, I I think back to the last couple of years, many couples that just were disgruntled and tired and maybe the husband just had enough of working hundred hours a week and, you know, maybe making a good, good salary, but just thought, you know what, I I should be running my own business and, and earning my own profits. And they, those are pretty successful, um a lot of partnership buyouts we finance obviously and um
0: oh this is like you know uh business owned by four
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: shareholders and two want to leave and two want go yeah that's right
1: um i have seen a lot of repeat um business owners and I wanted to tie this in earlier. Um, the key with repeat business owners and what I mean by that is they came to me to buy one business and now they want to buy a second business, right? Or even a third. And I even have one that bought a fourth, and my chief of credit said, Okay, that's enough. <laughs> well, but, oh, so
0: this is this is why they, they keep the first one, they keep the second one, yes. they keep the third
1: one. Yeah. Wow,
0: they're true business builders.
1: They are. Um, Empire and, builders. and you would think that this is somebody that's just an investor? No, the you know they're on site, but what what is what makes the difference if you want to sell your business and if you're going to buy one is get that key employee or key employees in place. The only yeah. way we could finance some of these um, double triple business business owners was if we knew for a fact they were successful, the businesses were financial. Uh, successful and they had key employees, a general manager in place reporting up to the owners. So now they just oversee the businesses on rotation, and they've got their teams in place. Um, yeah. So it can work with with the right business plan and the right character. Um, uh, so yeah, you don't have to just buy one business. You just want to make sure the one that you have is in place. And can run on its own if all of a sudden you're gone and you've got you're sick or something. You you always have to think as a business owner. You know if, who would take over my business today? Because that's there's value in that. Underwriter sees value in that all day long.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's a question that should be asked by all owners all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what what if and um, you know, it's too. You know, like there's a whole lot of reasons why they don't. They get busy. They're excited. You know, there's things to do. But you know, um, and, and I guess um, the you know the the older you get, um, the more you should you know really address that
1: yes. that
0: question. And um, is there's a great you know that as you say, there's a lot of good solid businesses that are good opportunities for a, another person to come in and, you know, and, and make a li- good living out of and, and for the retiring owner to to sell their business for, um, you know, for a reasonable chunk of money um, that can help them with their retirement or, you know, to do whatever else they want to do.
1: Yeah, I, a trend I see with a lot of baby boomer businesses, um, they don't do much of marketing online just because it's their generation, right? Um, they just, it's not something that they don't want to do, nor did they hire someone to do. Uh, so a lot of buyers that are younger that understand marketing, I I just think to myself, Oh my goodness, there's, this is going to be such a blessing to them because the business is successful as it is because the owner just made phone calls with his old Rolodex on his desk. And, and it still happens today. They're out there and, Man, um these buyers, uh, I look I look at their business plans and the smart ones are just they know what they're doing and and um there's a lot it's, of um hope with these baby boomer businesses for buyers today.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, as you said earlier it's um there's something about buying an established business and no business is perfect. Uh, you could uh, and that's just, you know, properly um uh, communicated it's a it's a good op it's not a that the business has survived without say an on you know a really slick online presence but um that's a that's a, a selling um a- aspect of the business for someone you know uh to come in and and do do more with that but mm-hmm. you're doing it off the back of a of a business where the phone's ringing because they've got a they've got established supplier relationships they've got you know uh, customers, so it is that it's a platform um, where you can you can do more with it, and that's um, you know you want you don't want to be buying a business that's absolutely done everything. You know, I mean, if it runs under management and it's just you're just collecting money, fantastic. But I don't know, there's that many of those. You still got to keep working them and adapting. Yeah. But um, it's it's um, you know it's a and if you know if you're an owner with a business and you can explain. To a potential uh, buyer that this is where the business has been in the mm-hmm. past, this is our is our financial history, these are some of the opportunities. And I often ask owners about um, I, what what would you do uh, if you were twenty years younger, knowing what you know with the business and let, and that's not to just to make up and say, look we can we can triple the turnover it's like well what how would you do that Mm-hmm. What, what would you, you know, what would you do online? I mean, most people that have been in business are smart enough to know where the opportunities are, even if they can't, um, they don't have the, the drive or the expertise to go and, you know, deliver that or even just the energy. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they just, I- I'm, I'm cooked, you know, I'm ready yeah. to move on. I understand there's some, something left on the table, but um, that's for the next, uh, mm-hmm. you know, next owner. Um, but it is it is about that taking stock and um, and saying you know what might my business be worth tomorrow and what you know, how do I sell it if I had to sell it tomorrow what would I do you know what are the things I have to fix real quick to to make it sellable yeah right on you anyway, know look it's um it's a really um, it's been a a really fascinating chat Deb I, I um I the this um. There's a you know right around the globe. There's a lot of you know um, you know, in the countries where we've got um, businesses that have been established and are owned by baby boomers, um, and you know the, the 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 higher level economic environment is shifting really quickly. But I kind of hope it shifts a bit more towards I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to buy an established business. And then it's up to um, that individual to try and find the finance, and, um, and and the program that you know you're a part of is you know it, to me seems a really uh, an excellent policy um, initiative from a you know from a government for its small business sector and its um, you know and its next generation of small business owners. So
1: sure is it small businesses are the heartbeat of our local economies. We all know that. And without them, there would be no donations to the high schools, there'd be no, you know, um Yeah,
0: the buying yeah. equipment for the sports clubs and, Right, you know, right
1: and uh, or employment. It, it employment, just, yeah. There's so much that we need to keep small businesses in our communities. Um and and you know that our government program truly Truly implements that, and 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 thank we're thankful for that um, because uh, I I don't want to have a empty little downtown where I live with nowhere to go. We love to support our small businesses.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the um, the alternative is yeah. Well, they don't exist, or or any you know of those products and services get supplied by massive global. Yeah. Multinationals, and we don't want that either, right?
1: No, we don't. I, I, um, I like the small.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. So, yeah we're we, we're we're totally aligned on that. I'm what I'm going to do in in a in a future edition of Small Business Banter is get on some of the um banking contacts I've got here in Australia and and kind of ask them to have a listen to this discussion and come in and talk about where where we see it headed in Australia because uh, I think there's. Um, something we can take uh, from from that program. So Deb Curtis, thank you very much. We didn't get to talk about your um, musical career, but um yeah. yeah that's it was, past. Uh, That's all. But yeah, but <laughs> rock and roll. Um thank you so much for your time today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Mike. I I really enjoyed your company in the conversation. Me too. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Deb. It was great. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. I continue to be inspired, bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. If you want to listen to any past episode, jump onto your podcast platform of choice and search Small Business Banter. There you will find a diverse and fascinating collection of small business owners and experts openly discussing and sharing their experiences. For any of the links, resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact me, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And it would be great to have you tune in the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.